Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Shmuel, for arranging this, for giving me the schuss to come to speak about Eretz Yisrael, and for showing me first this wonderful Yerva Imbi Yisrael. So you all, unlike me, have the great schuss to live in Eretz Yisrael. And by that I don't mean to uh, excuse myself and say, you know, okay, I don't have the schuss. Of course, I'm working on getting the schuss, working very hard on it. So you, as you know, you sense on some level, you're part of the uh, most amazing uh, story in, in the history of uh, humanity, perhaps, of um, our people, our nation, coming back there to Israel. And um, I have to think about, of course, you know, what exactly is the story? What, why is the land? Why is the land so important? What exactly is so important? We all sense on some level. Kedusha. Mashiach of Obviously. But what exactly is it? What's the, what's the essence of the Kedusha? What makes, um, what makes a land holy? And then, of course, what we really care about is what does that mean for us? What are we supposed to do about that? How are we supposed to relate to this land? How are we supposed to unlock its potential? Which, of course, is essentially the potential of Gula, obviously. So we have to understand what the Kedusha of the arts is in order to best attain it. And it really can't be, it really can't be overstated. You know, if you, if you learned Chumash when you were young, when you were six, seven years old in Shiva, so you know, get used to the idea that the first thing that Hashem said to Avram is to go off to a land. But if you think about it as an adult and you, you take a look and say, wait a second, the first contact, as it were, between, I mean, not the first contact between the divine and man, but the first contact about some project that, that God wants from humanity is go to a land. Later, Hashem told Avram, okay, that's, that sounds like the kind of message that should be the first message to humanity is work before God. But the first message is to go off to a land. So it can't be overstated. This centrality, apparently, it's, it's, it's what everything's about. This is what Hashem wants to tell Avram, and then everything follows from this. So why is that? Why is this the, the, the message? It's not just a message. It's the message, because this is, this is what He wants from him. Everything follows from that. So how is that that everything follows from that? From a, from a land. Um, and the, really the truth is, you know, okay, we know, we know it's also a gift from Hashem. Right? But those are just words. What does it mean? If you think about it, what does it mean? What does it mean that Hashem gives a land to people? Hashem's not in the, in the real estate business, except for in, in through history. I mean, of course, every nation has its country, and that's obviously everything that happens can be considered Hashem did it. The Ram says, every single thing that happens in the world can be ultimately is traced back and is considered that Hashem did it. Obviously. So, so what is this gift? What does it mean that Hashem gave a gift of a land? Specifically, this is a gift and Hashem gave it to us. That's, um, you know, we have to understand on a deeper level, and it's always important when you learn the most basic things in Chumash, which are written so that we can understand them on a simple level, but they also contain very obviously deep truths that we have to always work on really seeing beyond the surface. And think about like, you know, a gift of a land. From Hashem, what does that even mean? 
is that is that a title? Is that D? Like, what is that? So, I'm I'm truly humbled to be talking to people who live in Eretz Yisrael about Eretz Yisrael. But uh, with this conversation, I I hope to gain part of your thoughts and and join you, and hopefully inspire you. And and um, in Hashem, I hope to also be an, an actual part of of this great. Uh, Great story. I am ready by talking to people and by, by encouraging and inspiring. So I hope to actually come live here with Hashem, the family. But so before we get to the real depths, okay, I want to tell you, you know, what's the real, what's it really all about? I think it's important just to point out that many people hear the call of Lech Lecha, let's say, and they hear it on many levels, and all those levels are part of the meaning and part of what the call, the great call, encompasses. All these levels of, of message and. What we're going to work on is try to get to like the core, the real depths of it, because we want to unlock the potential of Lachacha. We want to get to the depths. But that's in no way to say that that people who are attracted to it, so for various reasons, are in some way not hearing the call of Lachacha. Of course, everyone is on their level, and it's all part of the divine call. And I want to get to what is the essence, what is the kernel, the, the nucleus of the Kedusha. So, Let's jump in, and you know it's also interesting to think about that when we when we engage in the love of Eretz we talk about Eretz we're doing no less than attempting to rectify the sin of the Miraglim. Of course, we know from Pasha Shlach, which we read a few weeks ago, how cataclysmic that was. We'll get back to that later. If we want to rectify the sin of the Miraglim, then it's important to understand well what was the essence of that test? What was what was that all about? It's our mission, you and me and, and the nation, our nation, obviously to learn from our history, to learn Chomesh, and say, here, here, these are the problems, and we have to fix them. When the, uh, when the opportunity comes again to come back to Edsol, as it is today, then we're essentially dealing with the Miraglim question. So what is the Miraglim question? What is that, what is that a very bad, and how do we fix it? So I'm going to tell you a secret, and this secret was more or less hidden, it seems, for a very long time, for whatever reason. And that is... The, the secret meaning of the first Pasuk in Lech Lecha. Everyone knows the Pasuk is, Hashem tells Avram, go off to the land. The land I'm going to show you. And the way we think about the Pasuk is, we tend to think of it as, okay, Hashem wants him to go to a certain land. We didn't tell him which land. I'll tell you when you get there. Hashem means, how do you know? How do you know when you get there? Okay, I'll show it to you. Which sort of leads to some problems if you follow the story, because what happens is Hashem, when, when did Hashem tell Avram, you're there? When did he show him the lands? Avram went off to Eretz Canaan, not knowing where he's going, presumably, or where, where, is, where his destination was. And then there's a rod, he goes down to Mitzrayim, he comes back, and then there's the quarrel between his shepherds and light shepherds. And light picks the day. Now I want to I want you to look around. So he only told him, he only told him after this whole this whole story in between. Now if if Arshaka means okay, which land? I'll tell you when you get there. You know he already got there. He already got there before he was in Canaan, and then he went to Mitzrayim because of the rough. So I want to te- I want to tell you this great secret, which is that our echo actually Asher echo doesn't mean it's not just a way of figuring out which are. It's actually the essence of what Eretz Sol is all about. 
When the Pasuk says Eretz is a land that Hashem will show Avram, that's not just a place, a placeholder, you know, identifying feature. He's telling him there's a kind of land that's described, there's a place that can be described with this phrase. It's a land that I, Hashem, show you. So let's think about that. What does that mean if Hashem tells a person, I want to show you something. There's a land I'm going to show you. Yeah, when we learn Chomesh, we have to read it on a simple level and really embrace it as a, a anthropomorphically, as if Hashem is a person who, who sees and talks, and then you have to extract from that the deeper meaning. So let's think about it on the, on the surface meaning. What, what would it mean if Hashem, if a person would say to someone, I want to show you something, I'm going to show you something, and take you to a land that I will show you. What that means is there's a land, there's a place, or anything that's interesting to me that I look at, Right? And I want you to see it too. So I'm going to show you something. It's like, like you tell your friend, I want to show you, come here, I want to show you something. That means that there's an experience you have of seeing something. And you want to be Mishatek, you, you want to include him in your experience. The fact that Eretzol is a land that Hashem looks at, that we're going to read in next week's Prashat. That the Eretz is Eretz Israel, Eretz Hashem Alakecha Dabesh Asa, Tamid Enei Hashem Alakecha Ba. So it's the land that Hashem looks at. And that's the Medrash Agadla. After I had this thought, I found the Medrash Agadla actually says it. Eretz Asher Eka is the Eretz Asher Enei Ba, the land that I look at. When Hashem is telling Abraham, I want to show you a land, he's saying, Look, I see a land. I'm always looking. That's what Hashem does. He looks at this land. And he's telling Abraham, Come, I want you to look at it too. Which means I want you to look at it with a godly perspective, through the eyes of God. And when Hashem tells Avram, we're talking about a nevuah. So God telling him, see something. So he's giving the ability to see something as Hashem sees it. And that's the simple, the core secret here. Aretz Shereka means there's a land where a person could learn and should learn to take on the divine perspective and to see things as Hashem does. And not just to see things as Hashem does, but then to form the land and the society based on that vision. So I just want to say like a word about that, and then we'll get a little deeper into that. What does it mean to see as Hashem does, right? I mean, I mean it's just really it's it's an exercise you can do. Let's say we, we tend to see things; human beings tend to see what what's interesting to us. We notice what we care about, right? Sometimes you could think about this. You could say, well, what does Hashem see when he, when he looks at it? What does he notice? What, is, what does he care about? And if you could train yourself, you could train yourself to start seeing the world in that light, in that way. It's essentially you're taking on this, this really, this broadest, most, most eternal perspective, which is Hashem's perspective. What does he notice? What does he care? What does he think? So everything's kaviyachal, of course. So we're not going to go through that again. Okay, everything's you have to abstract this to the language of uh, the intellect. We're talking in par- parabolically, in parables. So, I mean, what does Hashem see? What does he care about? It's an interesting question, right? And and you have to, in order to think about this, you have to sort of. A lot of people tend to say, "Oh, Torah mitzvahs." Okay, of course, but what's the core? What's what's what, where does it all start? What does Hashem notice? And of course, the basic answer is you notice is what's toiv or ra in his eyes. 
And what we notice, what humans tend to notice, is what we care about. But what if we could learn to actually walk around and, and see the world in, in, in light of what Hashem cares about? So if, I'll give you an example. Let's say you might see a beautiful house. And that's impressive, right? Something beautiful. But Hashem would see maybe dishonest money that was used to build that house. So this house is not toy bane Hashem. So if you could learn to, to see the world in those colors, in the, those shades, and then that would be what you actually care about. And you'd want to create a society that that's what matters. That definition of play, what Hashem cares about. That is the basic meaning of a shirak. Okay, we'll get, we're going to get a little deeper into that. The Ramban says this too. The Ramban says, he says this cryptic phrase in Lachlach. He says, Sham this is the arts that Hashem will show up from Ba'emes. What the Rabban is telling us is that don't think that this Re'iyah is just uh, prosaic, you know, taking, looking around. Some deeper Re'iyah going on, Hashem is showing up from, and He's inviting Him. He's inviting Him to be no less than the partner, partner with Hashem, partner with God, to, to, to see the world, see it from my perspective. It's something to think about, the, the, the potential of that, right? Imagine if we had God's perspective on everything. It would solve a lot of problems. Solve all problems. And it's no longer any surprising that Chazal says such hyperbolic statements about living in that soul. The Gemara says, if you live in that soul, you're sin-free. And the Medrash says that who have no hate Now, I happen to know some Yoshua had sold, not many, but they have some of <laughs> Right? So apparently, as the Shua makes this point, the Ksubis, this is an ideal. This is the show, living in Eretz Yisrael, the means there's a concept of Eretz Yisrael, which if you access it and you understand it, you could be, you could be sin-free. But think about it, you know, Chazal don't say that about anything else that I could think of. They say wonderful things about many mitzvahs, but to say that, do this mitzvah and you're not going to have any Averis? So, Wait, that's a Gemara Ksubis in Kufiyud Beis Amanav. If you look at the Pnei Yeshua over there, the Pnei Yeshua says only if you live there with the right intentions. Of course, the proof is that Klai uh, lived there for 850 years and then they were exiled for the three Hamuris. That's why Gideon was done. Clearly, then, we have to unpack what this first class, like what left is all about. And if you think about it, if we can do that, if we can start seeing the world through God's eyes, you know, that will change everything. Now, there's a lot of rise to this, and um, rise to, to this idea that um, seeing the land is what it's all about. For example, last week's passage we read, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu asks, Ebronavera, I want to see it. So, seeing it is, is what's key to the land. Chazal in the uh, Sifri, I think, compare, very fascinating, they compare Moshe Rabbeinu's seeing the land to Avram's, because when Moshe Rabbeinu says, Vayal, he went up to see. And by Avram, says the Sifri, he didn't have to go up. So, in other words, whatever that means, clearly alluding to some side, but this, we have to read this parasha, the seeing the arts is what it's all about. This is, what it, this is the, the key to the arts. And, I think that Rav Nachman Bresov, it seems, was onto the secret. I'm not an expert in his writings, but I happened to see the other day he said that he said that the uh, the heavens, the Shemayim and Eretzel, looks different. It's a different Shemayim. It's a different Shemayim. Actually, said it's a different, it's a different. Heaven. But you can't. Not everyone can tell. Only those who are um, 
I think the expression was those who merit to believe in its kedusha can see the difference. Okay, I think it probably resonates. I know Shmuley told me there's the idea that you, you see things differently in Eretz so something that holy Jews sense, and people can sense on various levels. But this is it's all about the 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 extreme version of that would be saying I see things as God does. I see it the same way Hashem does. So instead of seeing what, what's interesting to me, I see what's interesting to Hashem, and, and I work based on that, and I start caring about that. Because, see, really that's the only interesting thing, that's, that's the only interesting thing in the world is what's interesting to Hashem, because what the human condition is, basically, is that we're born with instincts and you know, things that are interesting to us, but those are not eternal, those are not the real, you know, what's really happening in the world. But people convince themselves that that's what's important, right? And that's what life is about, is basically making it and, you know, enjoying your own definition of Taibura, whatever, which is basically what, what's attracting, attracting, to, attracting to you as, as a body. But if you really start thinking, okay, what's going on in this world, you know, what's really happening? That's what it means to see things in Hashem. And if you can learn to start seeing things that way and thinking that way and living that way and applying that and saying, you know, okay, look, I want to build a society based on those, those ideals, that's what that's all supposed to be. Another place we have this is in Shlach, where the Miraglim are given a mission to see. The reason is, it's my, to see. And what's interesting in Pasha Shlach, Pasha Shlach begins with a command, Shlach and be a sur. Go scout. And Pasha Shlach ends with Pasha Tzitzis, where it says, Veloisa sur, Look at your Tzitzis, and that way, Veloisa sur. Which is a clue, we can't go into everything tonight, but it's a clue that the Miranda's mission has to do with seeing. And when they saw things incorrectly, we had to get this mitzvah, which, by the way, is on the four corners, and this four confes haaretz, the arts is also considered to have four corners. There's a lot to talk about that. But that the mitzvah of tzitzis is supposed to teach us how to see, because that's what the Miranda had to learn. They had to learn how to see. And interestingly, um, the Muradlam story really picks up from the other of Avraham Avinu's life because Avraham Avinu has this mission, right? To find the land of Echo, which means to start seeing things in the eyes of Hashem and to found a society, society on that basis, on that ideal. That's the, that's the Abrahamic mission in a nutshell. In my opinion, Ilik Purusha Kula follows from that. But that's the kernel, that's the, that's the essence of what Avraham Avinu was working on. And that's what he was supposed to found, the land with, the, with those ideals. Well, what happened? Okay, so we know the story. How did Avraham Avinu end up vis a vis He ended up acquiring part of Eretz burial land. Not quite the ideal acquisition of Eretz especially, you know, after that Kedu, you might think that, well, let him acquire Har Maria, Mikdash. No, there's instead, as we know the Chazal say, Satan killed Sarah, so it's like, okay, something didn't quite work out with the Akedu, something left that was not quite achieved. And instead of taking Eretzol and the Mokom HaMikdash triumphantly with Sari Menu, instead he gets the Mars HaMachpelah. And Ephraim, Mr. Ofar, says to Ephraim, Benio Ben Chomahi. Which the deeper meaning of that is, look, you're trying to make a land holy, you're trying to make a land godly, and you think you can come to this land and start talk, preaching about God and seeing, seeing it from God's eyes. But really, look, we're all, we all go back to the offer. We're the same, we're all the same. That's the message here. And the challenge to the Muraglim, Urisim starts Mahi, is picking up from that Baini Yabain Chamahi. Let's see who's right, Avram or Ephraim. Avram is coming with this ideal, which he didn't really achieve his vision. 
there's a lot of water on this bridge till they come back hundreds of years later. Is the, is the Avram vision of, of Areka, is that possible? He didn't quite achieve it. And that's why Kalev goes to Hebron, goes to Marsa Machpela, because they're picking up where Avram Avinu left off. And that's recent Masarat's Mahi, is can we have this Re'iyah, this kind of seeing, which is the core of what Hashem wants from humans. Learn how to see like God. Now, what we're not going to talk about today is what does that have to do with this specific piece of land? Why can't you do that anywhere? Truth is, you could to some extent, but it's only going to work perfectly here. One of the proofs to that is that we're talking about it here in Etzisol. We wouldn't be doing this on the side. So we're just the fact that we're continuing our realms of ways, here's where we could do it. But there's a lot to talk about that. We're not going to go into that now. So I want to go back to this idea. So, you know, what does it mean? Okay, you see something in the eyes of Hashem, and then you're going to be free from Avera. And the Moraglam will give this mission. The Moraglam will give a mission. Can we actually, can we learn to see with the eyes of Hashem? Now, I just want to talk a little bit about that, because people say, what do you mean? The Moraglam's job was to find out, because it was a checklist, right? The Yishbe Yitzimayin, et cetera, et cetera. How can you say the Moraglam had this lofty mission? I, I maintain the Moraglam's job was, go see whether you can look at this land like Avramadim did, whether you can see it or not through the divine perspective, okay? And why is it so important about these 12 people? They were the leaders. They were the leaders. So if they can do it, they can come back and teach everyone else and everyone will follow them. Okay, that, that's what I believe was the essence of the Shalit Samaragma. Go look at the land. And again, the Torah always talks in a way that we could read it as kids, right? You have to get to the deeper meaning. Is go see whether this idea, this ideal of, of seeing the land through Hashem's eyes is possible to do. What was the checklist then? The checklist was, perhaps, maybe there's other ways to explain this, is a test. The checklist is a test because depending on your perspective, depending on how you look at it as you saw, you're going to come back, with, you're going to see things differently. And this is, I think, something that we all experience a little bit. If you look at it as you, you try to think about Hashem, you try to think about Shkoha Pratis, you're going, to, you're going to have a different opinion. Some people come to Eretz and they stumble to Chetim Rag and they come and they say, oh, it's terrible. Windy roads and whatever. There's bumps and the water and this and that, right? And that, so somebody said, okay, come back to me and tell me, tell me what you see. Give me a report. But that's a test because if they're going to go and they're going to approach it the right way and look at it with the right perspective, they're going to come back and report different things. They'll say it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But that, what is that, what, what's going to determine whether they do that is whether they learn to see as Avram Vinu did, which is learn to see things and think, well, what does Hashem see when he looks over here? Or are they going to, or are they going to, you know, see like we tend to see and notice what we tend to care about in the immediate here and now? And here's the thing, you know, it's very interesting, right? We know how how terrible the Chetam Meraglim was, and the Pasuk says in Tehillim and Yechazkel and the Gemara says in Tainus, Tafchuftas, I think it is, that the Golis was decreed, the exile at the end of Bayesh was decreed as a punishment for the Chetam Meraglim. On the other hand, we the Gemara says, "Numa daftesa beis." We on the Vim say it all the time that the, the Gullus was decreed because of the Zargila Rashi's Damim. So, which one was it? The answer is that everything depends. Everything depends on your approach there. The Same way Hashem, we, we spoke to Avram Venus in Araka, and let's take it from there. So, Klal also has a mission to do Araka, and this is why it's so central to see things as Hashem does, and this is the place where you can do that, for whatever reason. Like I said, we can't get to that today. If you do Areka, then you could be free of sin. If you don't, 
then inevitably you're going to stumble into so that's the immediate the immediate cause is going to be the terrible sins but the root cause the root cause for the gallas the root cause for any sin is not perfecting this midah that's what I'll say you want to be sin free live in Eretz Yisrael with the plain Yeshua live in Eretz Yisrael it's understanding what it's all about and that's why the Chetim Meraglim and the other the, the Averis that actually cause the Chorban are really two sides of the same coin one is the root and one is the result okay and so let's talk about what does it mean to see in the eyes of God so what does Hashem see so really to think about it what does Hashem see we have to go back to Bereshis Bereshis Parak Aleph Hashem sees that everything is tayf right that's what says in Bereshis Parak Aleph and then Abraish Perak Bez and Gimel, there's also seeing, and they end up having knowledge of Ra. Das Ra. But if you read Bereish Perak Aleph, there is no Ra. Everything is Taif. And then Bereish Perak Bez and Perak Gimel, there's some Ra somehow creeps in, and then Bereish Perak ends. So in the beginning of Parashat Shem sees everything is Taif. And then man and the Isha can evolve in the middle, and the parasha ends that Hashem sees Ra. Okay? So, what that means is, in a nutshell, is that everything is tough. Everything is tough. Everything Hashem did is tough. It's perfect. It's exactly as He wants it to be. It's not necessarily as we want it to be. So, that's fine. Because, yeah, it's tough. But she saw that it was tough. It means she saw that it was tough for what she can get from it. Now, if you think things are good based on what you can get from it, then you're inevitably going to believe that it's evil. Right? You're going to have a sense of evil because if you define good based on what's good for you as a body, well, some things are bad for you as a body. Some things kill. Some things are unhealthy. If you say a fruit is good because it's, it's, it's luscious and, and, it's, and, and desirable for eating, then that implies that if it would be rotten, it wouldn't be good. So you say, oh, well, there's taiv and there's ra. And if you believe that there's Toiv and there's Ra, then you're going to be inspired to do Ra. Because everyone's inspired basically to live according, in accordance with it, what, how they think of the world. This is why Ra'i is, is, is so, so central, so essential. If you look around and you think, okay, there's some things that are good, some things are bad, then okay. So you can do some things that are good and some things that are bad. And that leads to Vayar Shem Ki But if you can take this perspective and say, everything is Toiv, meaning, and why is everything Toiv? So, Without getting into, you know, why Hashem created the world, these are questions that we don't have to answer. You look at Bereshit Parakaf and says, it's Taiv. Hashem said it's Taiv that there is this, it's Taiv that there is that. Existence is Taiv. The world as it is, as it functions, so you have to look at the world, try to get the essence of what the world, the rules of the world are like, the rules of nature. I don't mean science, I mean more the, the story of the world. And realize that that is Taiv. And that's nothing to do with you. In fact, you're expanding yourself, right? It has nothing to do with you as an individual, as, as one body. But once you start thinking about these, the eternal things, the cosmic things, the things that are hold over all of space and time, and you realize those are the things that God is, is interested in, so the things that about, you expand your mind, and you start realizing, you know, that, that is actually very interesting. I think, you know, everyone knows the Raglan ends with this, it seems to be like the punchline. Right? We felt like grasshoppers. It's like, and that's how it ends. Everyone has their parak on that. But it seems to be like, you know, that's the final word. I think it's a new parak there. Um, but I was thinking about it, you know, people are a little bit scared to, 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 be, to 
expand your minds to think that, to think great, you know, to, think, to think about the universe, to think about what holds over all the space. Now, people like to be small. They're a little bit scared. People think if you think outside of yourself, you think about something greater than yourself, you think about the whole nation of Christ, or think about maybe all the people of the world, think about all the history of the, of the universe in the past and future, and try to do things on that scale, you say, wait a minute, I'm going to get crushed. You're going to get a little, it's a little afraid. Because you start realizing that your puny concerns actually really don't matter. And that's why you could be sure of really often, because that's when you start really concerning yourself with the, um, with the real important matters. But they're afraid. They said, you know, it's too big for us. So that's Like We don't want to, we, we're just afraid to allow ourselves to be so big because that smallness that we have, because it's hard to let go of the smallness. It's hard to say it's okay. You're not going to get crushed. If you allow yourself to think like Hashem, you're only going to be bigger. You're not going to be, you're not going to be smaller. It's not, it's, it's, it takes a certain leap. It takes a certain leap. So, you know, we talked about, okay, what does it mean? What does it mean that Hashem gave us a land? Now, there's a famous Rashi in the beginning of Horatius. Why does Hashem say, Why does Hashem created the world? Because the day is going to come, and the Goyim are going to say, we don't have, you know, we don't have rights on the and it's Israel, and we should tell them, no, the land is a Baruch and he gave it to us. Okay, so that's the gift of the Aretz. Hashem gave us the land. And there's once a wise man, if you know who it is, it's fine, who said, yeah, Hashem gave the Jews the land, and then he gave it to the Romans, and then I'm not so good at my history, and the Byzantines, and whatever, and the Ottomans, and the British. Basically, okay, Hashem gave the Jews the land, fine, but how does Hashem act? Hashem acts through history. So, same Hashem gave us the land through history, and, you know, what? Hashem gave the land to other people too. And of course, that's not the Pshat. He's saying it as real Pshat and Rashi. Of course, Rashi means something that we're supposed to realize that we belong here. Okay? Now, what does it mean there? So, what does it mean Hashem gave us the land? I want you to know. And it's just so important. That's why I feel like, I feel like that the, tonight's conversation is not only a, a, a Ruchniistic request. I believe it's a matter of, of vital national security. Until we understand why this place has to be ours, in other words, what, we're, what, what mission, what divine mission we have. Then of course the the guy are going to say you know why why are you here? Because everyone knows of course we're here for a reason. Everyone knows that at some level. But until we can articulate it to ourselves and articulate it to them, there's going to be fighting for it. They're going to, they're going to say you know what are you doing here? The gift of the land that Rashi is talking about means that when we're talking about Hashem created the world. Say so, oh wait a second look at Bereshit Barak Aleph. There's a world from Hashem's perspective. Yalakim Kitayit. He gave it to us means he invited us to be Shutfim. With this parade of he invited us to be his partners. That's what it means that there's a gift of land. The gift of the land, a divine gift, means one thing. It means we have a mission that is central to the divine plan. That's what it means that Hashem gave us a land. Hashem giving lands to humans means he's trusting the humans. He's entrusting Avram and his progeny with, with putting into effect. Hashem's plan. How does, he tr- how does he trust Avram to put into effect Hashem's plan? Because he invites him to see things as he does. And that's the gift of the land. You say, look, Hashem created the world. So there's something going on. There's some, there's some divine plan, divine mahalach, of what he's up to. And he invited us to be part of that. And that's the only answer to the game. And, and that's not an answer, by the way, that you can you know, just tell them. It's an answer that we, can, that we have to live. And if we live that way, if we really start living this way, that we have something to do here that nobody has done in history. People worship God in many ways. But this has never been achieved fully. If it would have been achieved fully, we would have never been exiled. And this is our mission. And this is such a, such, a, such a mission that can change the world. 
And when we start doing this, we start knowing that we're doing this, that's when the, that's when the Goyim will not only recognize that we belong here, but they'll start, as Yeshaya says, they'll start running to us with gifts. Because that's what we can do. We're doing, this is something that we have to do here, starting here, starting in Eretz Yisrael. That uh, gives us a place, a place in the divine plan. You know, when we talk about who owns land, like, like you always have to dig deeper, right? Okay, who owns land? What are we talking about? Who owns land? Who has rights? What are the basis of rights? I mean, you always have to go deeper and deeper. And ultimately, on some level, it ends up being about who has a place in, in, in God's scheme. Or, you know, so you start talking about God, people start getting nervous. We're talking about Not talking religion, talking about who has a place in, in the in the story, in history, in the universe, who's doing something very important? When we're doing, when we start doing something very important here that only we can do, because we're everyone's descendants, so we can learn lech lecha, we can start acting this way. That's when everyone recognizes, you know what? You belong there. And that's what it means to belong there. And that's what it means that gave it us. That doesn't mean you belong there, you have something to do there. What's our timing like? That's it? Wrapping up, Meyer, okay. So, that's it, that's our great task. That's how we have to atone for the cinema raglam. And um, I guess we'll leave it at that if it's Meyer now. Yeah? Right, okay. Um, that's it. That's our, that, that is our number one export that we have to teach the world. Thank you so much, everyone, for, um, for this being listening. If anyone wants more Torah on this, I spent a lot of time working on it, and uh, I have a podcast, a series of shurim called The Great Sources, season two of The Great Sources, especially the last seven shurim deal with this, this idea. And um, I also have a safer coming out shortly, called Ha'aretz Echo about living in Israel. Now you know why it's called that. Because <laughs> I think that's the key. It talks about the halacha of living there, the mitzvah of living there, and then the last section is all these, are these ideas. So look out for that. Thank you so much. Again, I'm Shmuel. Thank you so much, everyone, for, for listening. Over. Okay,